everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lights Out Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. As always, I'm joined in the studio by my producer, Joel. And today, we're diving back into the world of cryptozoology. We're going to be covering one of my favorite cryptids, the Jersey Devil. So in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey, it holds a very dark secret. Either the locals have fallen into a grand illusion, or a spawn of Satan has roamed the area since the 1700s. As hunters, councilmen, officers, and locals claim that a demonic creature terrorizes the land, many skeptics claim that it's just all a hoax. But if the Jersey Devil isn't real, then what bloodthirsty creature is everyone seeing? So excited to get into this one. Before we do, though, a few announcements. One, the new merch collection is very close to being ready to go. I've been working on a new website for the for our merch, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to launch that in the first week of June. So we'll have a whole new collection. I'll probably release what the collection is prior to the store going live. Yeah. Really nice. excited for you guys to oh, see this collection. The designs are on a whole nother level. Best one yet. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. We, we worked with a really, really talented designer for this one. And I absolutely love all the designs we came up with. And I think you will too. So look out for that. There'll be more info on that coming here in the next couple of weeks. Also, if you haven't checked out higherlovewellness.com yet, that is my CBD company. All of our products are made with Colorado grown hemp. We sell a wide variety of different things like topicals to gummies. And we actually just brought back our vape products, which is my personal favorite. And I'm so glad we're able to bring those back. We have watermelon haze, pineapple express and blueberry OG. And these are hundred percent THC free broad spectrum CBD cartridges. We have the batteries. We also have wax. So if you haven't checked this out yet, it's higherlovewellness.com. We ship to all 50 States, the UK and several other countries as well. And as a Lights Out listener, you can get 10% off with code Lights Out at checkout. So if you haven't checked out my shop yet, I'll put a link down below for you. But I'm very excited to get into this episode because it's been a while since we've covered a cryptid. I'm trying to think it of the has. last cryptid that we covered. Was it the Goatman that we covered last? I'm pretty sure it was the Wendigo. Oh, the Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah. So cryptids are very interesting because not only are the stories around them creepy and, you know, encounters people claim to have had even creepier, but... Just the idea that there could possibly be animals out there or creatures out there that are undiscovered that have just been able to stay just as far away from us that we never actually fully get, you know, a good full glimpse, pictures, video, all that kind of physical evidence that people often want in order to believe in something. But that's exactly what cryptozoology is. Cryptozoology is the study of hidden animals and creatures that fall under cryptozoology are called cryptids. And what's interesting is if you look back at the history of cryptozoology, there's creatures that we now know exist today that were once considered cryptids. We're talking about the gorilla. I mean, back 200 years ago, there was always stories about these gigantic apes, you know, almost like King Kong sort of yeah. legendary creatures out there in the jungles. And for a long time, we had no idea that gorillas ever existed. And once we discovered gorillas, we're like, oh, these giant apes are actually real. Not only that, you know, the Kraken, that's like a legendary creature, you know, going back centuries. And we now know today that perhaps what people saw was the Kraken was in fact the giant squid. And we thought that was made up. But we now know that the giant squid really does exist in the deep depths of the ocean, 
you just don't see them that often but they're out there not only that the okapi which is like a giraffe almost zebra hybrid animal was you know the unicorn of africa i believe is what they called it okay and people just thought you know this is some made-up creature that you know has just been passed down through legend but sure enough eventually we found out that no this creature actually existed um so it can be creatures that may or may not still be around because they've gone extinct it could also just be creatures that have been passed down through folklore legends that you know we don't have physical proof for but that doesn't stop people from searching for proof that they exist i mean the biggest one that comes to mind is bigfoot yeah does bigfoot exist the scientific community would say no there's no evidence that he exists but there's people that have encountered bigfoot that have seen bigfoot there is some physical evidence out there that people debate on whether or not it's real or not but that bigfoot does exist that there could be this sort of hybrid man ape creature out there roaming the jungles and and forests of north america so cryptozoology is just one of those interesting topics to me that i I like to look into because i do think there is a possibility that these cryptids that so many people encounter and see and have you know have experiences with could actually be real but the reason for not actually finding that physical evidence could be for a number of different reasons which we will talk about at the end of this episode but let's go ahead and just dive right into the history of the jersey devil so in the last 20 years alone there have been over 200 sightings of a demonic creature named the jersey devil and many believe that this spawn of satan has lived in new jersey for nearly 300 years the most common descriptions of the jersey devil claim that it's a winged chimera or chimera depending on how you pronounce it i've heard it different ways but that it walks on two hooved feet Chimeras are creatures from Greek mythology that are hybrids made from different animal parts. And some of the earliest descriptions of these creatures come from Homer, the ancient Greek author and poet. But the Jersey Devil has taken on its own identity throughout the years. Its head resembles a goat or a horse with a long snout and large teeth. It also has the wings of a bat, bird claws for hands, horns on its head, and a tail that has a fork at the end. Its eyes are the color of bright red flames that glow in the night. And its most famous feature is its blood-curdling screech as it runs and flies at incredible speeds through the forest. Some say it can also breathe fire and use its breath to poison natural water sources. Early descriptions made people believe that the creature was actually a dragon. And when you look at it, it definitely does kind of look like a dragon. But as time went on, many believed that the Jersey Devil was in fact its own unique creature or species luckily it's never been known to attack humans but it's a predator of local animals and livestock including domesticated dogs when it's not out hunting many believe it nests somewhere in the pine barrens of new jersey if you're not familiar with the pine barrens it's a massive tract of land with dense vegetation and isolated areas that lack roads It stretches over 1 million square miles through seven different counties. And there are areas so isolated that barely anyone has crossed through. It's been a perfect place for poachers, moonshiners, and bandits throughout history. And many who have visited the Barrens claim that its force gives a natural feeling of dread and anxiety. According to legend, its isolation, boundless forests, and long winter nights make it the perfect place 
for the Jersey Devil to call home. To outsiders, the Jersey Devil might seem like a fun mythical creature, but to many New Jersey natives, the beast is no joke. So where did this all start? The origins of the creature date back to 1735. Several different versions of the story exist, but the legend is mostly the same. Deep in the Pine Barrens, Jane Leeds and her husband Jafet lived in a cabin near Mullica River. The surrounding area was a great swamp where only a few others dared to live. Their neighbors always said the Leeds were a strange family, but they mostly minded their own business. Before they moved into the swamp, rumors had spread that Jane's father-in-law, Daniel, supposedly had published some books about occultism and demonology. He was a well-read and educated man, and he dove into research about science and astrology. He read as many books as he could get his hands on, but this became a major problem for the Leeds family. At the time, Daniel held many beliefs that were against the church's teachings. He was one of the first men in New Jersey who openly believed that the earth revolved around the sun. What a mind-blowing concept it was. The theory was first brought up in the 16th century, but hundreds of years later it was still seen as a taboo belief in many cultures, and the Quakers quickly disowned the Leeds family. They even gave Daniel the title of Satan's harbinger. Not only was the Leeds family disowned by the community, but they were also judged and ridiculed by the local Quakers. Supposedly, Jafet had two or three wives before Jane, and they had all mysteriously died. And his oldest son, Titan, developed a rivalry with Benjamin Franklin when he took over the family almanac business. Ben Franklin had published a more popular almanac at the time called Poor Richard's Almanac. And Ben took advantage of the Leeds' terrible reputation in the community. He quickly turned on them when rumors spread about the family's interest in demonology and astrology. Their rivalry escalated to the point where Ben Franklin had published an edition of Poor Richard's Almanac, joking that Titan's death had been predicted by the stars. He poked fun because his family was known for their interest in astrology. And when Titan published his next work, Ben Franklin jokingly said that Titan must have been publishing his books as a ghost since the stars had predicted his death. He had even claimed that Titan was a sorcerer at one point. He mocked the Leeds family so much that their almanac eventually went out of business. With no other competition around, Ben Franklin's almanac business soared. And when the Leeds family business failed, things didn't turn out so well for them. After so many years of being publicly mocked and disowned by the local faith, the locals treated the Leeds as outcasts. And many thought that their occult beliefs grew stronger over the years, especially when they isolated themselves. They moved into the swamp and lived in the cabin with their 12 children. It was rare to have that many children survive in the 1700s, and soon another child was on the way, the dreaded number 13. Some believe that Jane was impregnated by the devil himself. Rumors had spread that she was a witch, and they called her Mother Leeds. When she found out she was pregnant, she cursed the unborn child. And as the story goes, one night Jane knelt down beside her bed to say her daily prayers. And as she began to speak, she asked God for a favor. She begged him to make her 13th child a devil. She didn't want another human child to take care of. And because of her family's passion for demonology and the occult, it had inspired her. And she desperately wanted to give birth to a demon. So on one freezing night in February, a snowstorm swept through the area. 
Snow covered their cabin and the surrounding woods, and everything was quiet except for Jane screaming as she fell into a painful labor. Her family waited patiently in the next room over. She screamed in bed for hours as she clenched her midwife's hand, and after gut-wrenching labor, her 13th child was finally born. They swaddled the newborn in blankets before handing the baby boy over to Jane. At first, the child seemed like a perfectly healthy baby boy with blonde hair and blue eyes. But as Jane held her child and looked into his eyes, he began transforming. In place of his blue eyes, a red hue began bleeding into his iris. His pupils vibrated before a glowing red took over. And within a moment, his two eyes became the color of burning coals. Jane was fascinated as she watched his transformation. Soon his mouth and nose jutted out from his head until he looked like a horse, and two horns bulged from either side of his head. As she held him swaddled in blankets, she felt his shoulder blades vibrating and bulging. Two bat wings grew out of his back and broke through the blankets, and a long serpentine tail sprouted from his tailbone. His hands became claws, and his feet became hooves. As the child grew into his demonic form, he let out a screech as the whole family covered their ears. He then pushed himself out of his mother's arms and grabbed the midwife by her hair. And with his claws, he gouged out her eyes. As the family friend rushed over to help, the creature struck the man in the head with its hooves. He then fell to the ground where a pool of blood grew beneath his forehead. The creature then flew up to the brick chimney, escaping the cabin. And as the family stood in shock, the demon's screech faded into the forest beyond. And ever since... The beast has terrorized the Pine Barrens for hundreds of years. Many of the sightings have occurred within 30 miles of the Leeds home in an area now known as Leeds Point. And during the 1700s and early 1800s, the creature was only known as a Leeds Devil, and tales spread through gossip. Eventually, though, someone discovered that the Leeds family crest had a wyvern on it, which was a mythical dragon creature. And at the time, the Quakers saw the dragons as an evil omen. So many people began associating the Leeds family with this winged demon. And the story spread through South New Jersey that Mother Leeds had spawned some sort of demon from her womb. But most of the stories were brushed off as just fantasy or folklore. And it almost stayed as folklore legend forever, except the devil reemerged. It wasn't until the next century when newspapers mentioned the Leeds devil again more than 100 years after its birth. The articles described the creature and warned local residents that it lived near the Pine Barrens. As the story passed on from generation to generation, the dangerous creature eventually became known as the Jersey Devil. And what could have stayed as a simple fantasy story began bleeding into reality. The Jersey Devil is spotted countless times near the Pine Barrens for the next few hundred years. In the early 1800s, the brother of Napoleon, Joseph Bonaparte, constantly wrote about the creature in his journals. After abdicating the Spanish throne in 1813, he went to live in exile in the United States, and that's when he purchased an 800-acre piece of land near Bordentown, New Jersey, where he loved to hunt deer in the nearby woods. And one day, he came across animal tracks he had never seen before. It looked like tracks from a donkey that only walked on its hind legs. And the strangest part was that the tracks appeared and disappeared in the ground, like the animal had landed, walked a few paces, 
and then took off again. As Joseph was too busy looking down at the tracks, he wasn't aware of his surroundings. A loud hissing sound broke his concentration on the tracks, and he quickly turned around. Only a few yards away, a massive creature stood on its hind legs and spread its leathery wings. Joseph gripped his hunting rifle, but he was so shocked that he couldn't force himself to aim and shoot. But luckily, the creature didn't attack him. It simply hissed again and took off into the air, eventually disappearing beyond the trees. When he later told a friend about the experience, they told him he had seen the infamous Jersey Devil. And ever since then, Joseph was always on the lookout for the creature whenever he went hunting. But eventually, he moved back to Europe, and he never saw that creature again. But this didn't stop the Jersey Devil from showing up around the Pine Barrens. They constantly attacked nearby farmland, and local farmers would wake up in the morning to find their livestock disemboweled and shredded across the property. Warm blood pooled in the open ranges, and they noticed that fresh hoof prints were all across the property. At first, they thought the tracks might have been from a horse that had wandered by after the attack. But after looking a bit closer, they noticed the tracks were too far apart to be from a horse, and the tracks came up to the sides of the fence and continued on the other side. Like the massive creature, casually stepped over the fence with giant legs and continued its slaughter. After the attacks, the locals became desperate. Groups of local men went out to hunt the creature, but they couldn't find anything. They searched through the barrens, but they came up with nothing after wandering around the forest for hours. Despite how large the creature was, it was nearly impossible to find it in the endless forest of the pine barrens. And even when the men tried to bait it with fresh meat, it was too smart to fall into their trap. So the creature continued to terrorize the area. In one instance, a high-ranking naval officer went to inspect his cannonballs being forged across the Delaware River, where he noticed the devil flying across the sky. He loaded up one of the cannonballs and fired it at the creature. Supposedly it was a direct hit, but the creature didn't even flinch. It just flew off towards the forest. And over the next several decades, many reported seeing this mysterious creature. Some believed it was a new kind of animal that kept breeding in the forest, but others thought it was the same Jersey Devil that had survived for hundreds of years. Local farmers kept blaming it for killing their livestock and merchants began offering $10,000 rewards to anyone who could kill or capture the devil. This led to many people killing kangaroos and mutilating their dead bodies to look like the Jersey Devil. Some hunters even tried to sew fake wings onto the backs of animals claiming that they had finally killed the demon. But still, not many people took the story of the Leeds Devil seriously. The legend was passed around in folklore where it remained just another scary story. It wasn't until 1909 that many people in New Jersey became convinced that a real monster was on the loose in the Pine Barrens. After countless years, farmers and townsfolk heard shrieks and hisses in the dead of night. Strange figures could be seen perched on rooftops, and the next day locals would find blood and mutilated animals scattered in the snow. But one week in particular, the creature decided to come out from the shadows and show itself to hundreds of people around New Jersey. The creature was spotted countless times between January 16th and January 23rd of 1909. One of the first sightings happened across the Delaware River. A local police officer pulled over a squad car in Bristol, Pennsylvania when he noticed a massive creature flying in the early morning hours of January 17th. This creature let out a blood-curdling screech as it soared. The officer was so startled 
that he unholstered his pistol and shot a few rounds at the creature, hoping to kill it. At the sounds of the gunshots, the creature turned and fled into the darkness. During the same week, a Trenton, New Jersey councilman woke up in the middle of the night from the sound of giant wings flapping outside his bedroom window, but when he went to look, there was nothing there. The next morning, he found cloven footprints in the snow. The same footprints were reported across the state throughout the week. Many were spotted near small buildings and chicken coops. A local resident, Joseph Manns, woke up one morning and noticed his outhouse had been shredded to pieces, and he found his dog not too far from the building. His guard dog had been attacked and killed during the night. As sightings and attacks continued, the Philadelphia Zoo posted a reward if anyone could capture the creature. Not long after, a telegraph worker was out in the woods performing maintenance on a line deep in the barren wilderness. He always brought his rifle with him in case predators attacked him, but during this week, he was on edge because he had heard that the Jersey Devil was roaming around. And as he climbed up one of the poles, he spotted a massive bat-like creature flying in the air. He aimed his rifle, shot it, and the creature's body fell toward the ground and disappeared behind the tree line. But when the telegraph worker went to retrieve the body, he couldn't find it anywhere. Either the creature had survived the shot, or he couldn't find the body. Another incident occurred when a trolley full of people in Haddon Heights rolled through town. They were part of a local social club. They clinked their glasses together and hoped for a great night ahead, but an ear-piercing shriek tore through the sky. And as they looked up in horror, the creature spread its wings. The trolley riders could barely make out the creature in the dark of night. They could only see a faint silhouette against the stars. But by the time it dove towards them, they remembered the local stories of the famous Jersey Devil. What they thought was just a local folktale had become a reality right in front of their eyes. And as it landed on the trolley roof, its massive hooves made dents in the metal. It stomped across the trolley cart, shattering windows as it walked. The passengers screamed in terror, which only angered the creature even more. They couldn't get a good look at the demon, but they saw its leathery wings hang over the sides of the trolley as it walked to the end of the roof. The passengers thought that the devil would burst through the trolley doors at any moment, but instead it leaped from the roof and flew off into the night. After the sightings escalated throughout the week, word spread through New Jersey that the devil was on the loose, and mass hysteria spread throughout the state. Schools began closing for the week and businesses closed before dusk so everyone could get home safely before nightfall. Many people didn't even risk stepping outside so they stocked up on food and water and locked themselves inside their homes. And as the week went on, the sightings kept stacking up. But the creature's description constantly changed since no one could get a clear view of it at night. People called it a kangaroo horse with claws, a cowbird, a prehistoric lizard, or sometimes a wingless dog. And the fact that no one could get an accurate description of the creature made it all the more terrifying. But for some, this was the reason many couldn't believe in the Jersey Devil. Even though there have been hundreds of sightings over centuries, none of the descriptions have been consistent. And despite the lack of evidence or accurate descriptions, many people in New Jersey have no doubt that the dark-winged creature terrorizes a region near the Pine Barrens. But for many, they saw this hysteria as a way to make some money. As you can imagine, when there's money to be made, people will hoax anything. And before we get into some of those hoaxes, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So like I said before, 
The week of January 16th to January 23rd, 1909, went down in history as the most active the Jersey Devil has ever been. And its popularity soared across New Jersey. It was only a matter of time before people started taking advantage of the popular demon that haunted the Pine Barrens. First, people began claiming that they had captured or killed the demon. A local fisherman working off the coast of Atlantic City claimed that he had captured the mythical creature. He said he had a long, violent battle with the demon, and he showed reporters his bruises and battered arms from the encounter. His family and friends even backed him up and told the media that his story was true. They even claimed that they had seen the creature with their own eyes tied up inside the fisherman's home. But when reporters asked to see the creature, the fisherman said he would never let the public see it. And because of this, his story was eventually written off as a hoax. Another man, Norman Jeffries, was inspired by all the talk around town. So he constructed the most famous Jersey Devil hoax of all time. Norman had been a publicist for Philadelphia's Arch Street Museum. The museum was a place for shows and famous objects where people bought tickets to get inside. And when the museum didn't make enough money, Norman was known for stretching the truth to get people in the door. His descriptions and claims for the museum were often exaggerated, so he took full advantage of the mania surrounding the Jersey Devil. He claimed that they held the creature captive inside the museum and he planted fake stories of local sightings in the local newspapers to get people excited about seeing the demon. And soon enough, people lined up outside the museum. Once inside, though, the guests saw a kangaroo with fake wings and claws. Some fooled themselves into thinking it was real, but others could easily tell it was fake, and they asked for their money back. Twenty years later, Norman admitted that the entire thing was a hoax he made up. He only put the ruse together because the museum had a low attendance throughout the years and he needed a new attraction that would bring in ticket sales. Along with the hoaxes, many skeptics think that the entire legend of the Jersey Devil is just a hoax. Some suggest that the creature might also be a hammerhead bat that originated in Africa. The hammerhead bat is the largest bat on the continent, and its Latin name is even Monstrosus. It has a wingspan of over three feet, and it's known to attack local chicken coops. And there's a chance that the species somehow made it to New Jersey by shipment across the Atlantic. Maybe it escaped from a nearby zoo or an illegal pet trade. Some suggest that its ancestors might have even made its way onto slave ships back in the 1800s. And throughout the century, slave ships were constantly traveling back and forth from Africa to North America. So there's a slight chance it could have made the trip if there was enough fruit on board. But even if they did make it to New Jersey, there's no way that they could have survived the freezing winters. These bats are used to 80 to 90 degree days, so they couldn't have survived the cold. And many witnesses have insisted that what they saw was definitely not just a bat. Skeptics also claim that the Pine Barrens was once a well-known place for bandits and criminals, so the legend of the Jersey Devil was spread so that locals would avoid where they were hiding out. Criminals wanted to do their business, of course, without being bothered, and the locals didn't want to encounter the gangs that hid in the forest, so they tried to avoid each other. Others also point out that the Leeds family was cast out from their religious and social communities, so the story of Jane giving birth to a demon might have been a way to hurt the family's reputation. In general, skeptics believe that most sightings of the devil are people failing to identify common animals of New Jersey. Many of the locals that live near the Pine Barrens insist that the Jersey Devil is the real deal. Despite the skeptics and hoaxes, more sightings happened throughout the years, and the Jersey Devil grew to stardom in the 1900s. 
1925, a local farmer spotted an odd-looking animal trying to run off with one of his chickens. He ran back to his front porch where he grabbed his shotgun, aimed down the field towards the creature, and pulled the trigger. This was one of the few stories where someone actually hit the creature and killed it. But when he went to retrieve the animal, he inspected its carcass. Parts of its body had been mangled by the shotgun blast, but it didn't look like any animal he had ever seen before. He couldn't figure out what kind of animal it was, so he took a picture of it and later showed over 100 different people the photograph, hoping someone could identify the creature. But no one could. It was an animal that no one had ever seen before. But of course, this photo has unfortunately since been lost. But the man believed he had killed the Jersey Devil. As time went on, there must have been more than one Jersey Devil, or the man hadn't actually killed the true demon because sightings of the creature kept popping up all over the area. Nine years later, in 1934, the devil somehow showed up in places as far as Tennessee. Over five days, residents near South Petersburg began seeing the creature that matched the descriptions from New Jersey. It flew through the sky at incredible speeds and terrorized the area by killing the nearby wildlife, including a police canine dog. Many were skeptical that the devil had made it that far southwest, but locals believed its strength and wingspan allowed the devil to quickly travel long distances, and since it's been most active at night, it avoided being seen on its way to Tennessee. Eventually, the creature headed back to New Jersey, and in 1951, a group of young boys in Gibbstown, New Jersey stumbled upon the carcass of a dead monster while hiking through the woods. It was a large beast with the head of a horse and wings of a bat. By the time they found it, though, the body had already begun decomposing, and the eye sockets were filled with maggots. But when they got home and described the creature to their friends and family, many believed that they had actually found the dead carcass of the Jersey Devil. No matter how many times people claimed to find the demon's dead body, it kept showing up. This made people believe that there was either more than one Jersey Devil, or people were misidentifying the creatures they were seeing. But again and again, sightings kept pouring in from all over New Jersey. In 1997, Fran Coppola owned a small colonial village called Smithville. It was a tourist attraction for people who wanted to experience old colonial times, and it sat on the southeastern edge of the Pine Barrens. On one cold night, Fran got home late in the evening. She went to take out the trash and walked back into the village trash area surrounded by a high fence. The entire village was silent and dark since it had closed for the night, and everyone had gone home. Once inside the small trash area, she felt cramped and closed off because the fence cut off the rest of the village. She quickly dropped off the trash, but as she turned around, she noticed a dark shadow perched on the fence above her, spreading its wings. Its eyes glowed red, and it bent its head up towards the sky. A loud screeching sound came out of its mouth before it flew off into the night. The next day, when she tried to tell her friends and family what had happened, Many thought it was just a large bird or a bat, but Fran swore that it was some kind of demon. And for many more years, the Jersey Devil kept making the rounds. One of the most recent sightings of the Jersey Devils in 2015, a man named David Black was driving by a golf course in Galloway County, New Jersey. And as he looked out at a nearby forest, he spotted a strange creature moving between the trees. At first, he thought it was a llama, which would be a strange animal to see wandering around New Jersey. So he pulled to the side of the road and got out his camera to take a picture of this so-called llama. 
It was quietly minding its own business wandering through the forest. But as he went to take the picture, the animal must have spotted him. From its back, two giant wings spread out, and the creature took flight. David snapped a photo right when it took off and later posted the picture online. Many thought it was the Jersey Devil, but many skeptics also wrote it off as another hoax. All of these sightings, though, have inspired many people to search the remote corners of New Jersey looking for the devil. But it seems that most of the time, the people searching for the devil don't find it. However, the devil ends up finding those who aren't looking for it. One story tells of a frightening encounter with the Jersey Devil. Lori Winkleman lived with her husband Glenn and their three children near Wharton State Park in the Pine Barrens, and their one and only encounter with the Jersey Devil still haunts them to this day. One night in January 2004, a big snowstorm came through the area. Their property sat on an isolated plot of land, with not many neighbors nearby. Lori and her kids played outside in the snow before heading in for dinner. After getting back inside, Lori forgot she had left a series of Christmas lights on. They set up Christmas lights around the property so it wouldn't seem so eerie at night. They didn't have any street lights in the area, so the property was usually pitch black. She asked her son Glenn Jr. to help her with the lights, and they both headed outside. As Lori walked up to the utility pole and bent down to unplug the lights, she looked up at her son. He had a look of terror across his face as he stared up at the night sky speechless. He had seen something so terrifying that he could barely breathe. Without being able to speak, Glenn Jr. pointed upwards into the trees. That's when Lori looked up and saw a giant black creature perched on the branches above them. The creature was hard to see in the dead of night, but they noticed that it was far bigger than any known bird in New Jersey. As they stood beneath the creature, their terror quickly turned to panic as it leaped from the branch and took flight heading straight toward them. Lori and her son turned and ran back towards the house as they felt a whoosh of wings above their heads. It was too dark to see, but Lori heard the creature land on the roof in front of her. A strange metallic click-clack sound made its way across the roof shingles, and she could tell that whatever had landed on the roof was walking down toward the back door. Luckily, Lori and her son made it back inside before the mysterious creature could cut them off. They slammed the back door behind them and screamed in terror. The whole family ended up spending the night together in the kitchen. They couldn't believe what had just happened, and they were all way too afraid to go to sleep. Knowing that some giant creature was patrolling their house, how could you sleep? As hours passed, the sun rose and they looked out the windows to make sure the creature was gone. They didn't see anything in the surrounding trees and they didn't hear footsteps on the roof. Lori's husband Glenn decided to inspect the property when he found snow tracks on the roof and the tracks were still perfectly preserved, and each track looked like a hoof print. After he took pictures, he showed a local hunter the tracks to try and figure out what the creature was, and after inspecting the pictures, the hunter had no clue what creature it could have been. So they took the pictures to a local office of the New Jersey Parks and Recreation, but the regional wildlife experts also couldn't identify the tracks. The footprints were roughly six inches long and about four feet apart, it also appeared like it came from a two-legged animal of some kind. The experts guessed the creature was between 200 and 400 pounds, roughly the size of a large bear. After not being able to figure out what the creature was, the only piece of advice the expert gave Lori was to keep firearms in their house for protection. The case was eventually investigated by enthusiasts, wildlife experts, and members of the Jersey Devil Hunters. Skeptics say that the creature might have been a great horned owl, 
since they have wingspans up to five feet and are active at night during the winter, and many of the Jersey Devil sightings occur during the winter months. But Lori says that the creature was larger than a human, and the tracks on the roof didn't match an owl's foot. But wildlife experts have said that the creature could have been hopping with both feet across the roof, distorting the tracks in the snow and making them look like hoofprints. What Lori and her son saw that night remains a mystery, but Lori is still convinced that the creature that terrorized her family that night wasn't like any other animal she had ever seen. It was far too large to be a simple bird or a bat, and many believe this is another true sighting of the Jersey Devil. So whether you believe in the Jersey Devil or not, some type of strange and dangerous creatures have terrorized the Pine Barrens for hundreds of years. Many have lost family pets and livestock to vicious creatures near the woods, and unexplained tracks continue appearing in the snow. The countless sightings throughout the century might mean that there could be some level of truth to a demon haunting the area, and these sightings aren't just by random locals or tourists. City council members, police officers, and large groups of people have claimed to see the creature. But others have also taken advantage of the creature's popularity by staging hoaxes, and others have claimed that they've encountered the creature just to get on TV or make some money. Either way, the legend of the Jersey Devil lives on, and like many folklore creatures, sometimes you have to see it for yourself in order to believe. And the dreaded Pine Barrens are always open to visitors, but only if they can gather up the courage to venture in. So, does the Jersey Devil exist? It's a big I don't know because I've never seen <laughs> yeah, it. Right. But it's interesting how many times people have claimed to see this winged creature that is supposedly larger than a human. Yeah. Because that description right there pretty much rules out any animal that is, you know, living in that area. Right. That wildlife experts know about. Yeah. I know that particular forest has j- these giant owls. I forget the exact name of them. But the fact that this Lori indicated that it was 200 to 400 pounds when she talked to the experts. Based on the footprints and stuff. Yeah, yeah there's just seen. no way that's an owl. If you saw an owl flying through the air, you would have, they would have been describing the Jersey Devil as like a bird-like creature, right? Uh-huh. And it's not really a bird-like creature. It's more of a bat-like creature. Yeah. Similar to the Mothman, really. Right. And people also describe it as a gargoyle, pretty much. Right. And kind of having the horns and the tail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really like a dragon version of the Mothman. If you yeah. think about the descriptions, it's it's very interesting that they're so similar in, in appearance in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But to be seen for hundreds and hundreds of years is definitely very curious. And just the whole origin story is also very interesting because, I mean, as ridiculous as that sounds that you know she gave birth to a demon baby yeah just because it was her 13th child i mean you never know though you You never know know. people people do some weird things yeah you know if you believe that magic exists or that there's some other type of force out there that exists or power that you can harness through you know dark magic or whatever you want to call it then is it possible that you know you could conjure some type of demon yeah. You know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. So the the Jersey Devil though is just one of those those cryptids that 
a lot of people claim to have seen. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you write off everybody's sighting as bullshit? Like they're not really seeing something that is unexplainable? Or perhaps is there some creature in the Pine Barrens that isn't necessarily a devil that, you know, kind of fits along with the this story of, yeah. you know, the origin that people are seeing instead that may or may not be identified. I think the bat possibility is interesting. I think it could, I mean, the the wings being leathery and, and all that, I think that really fits with the bat. And there's some big ass bats out there. Yeah, I bet. So it's very possible that it could be something like that. Mm-hmm. But the the footprints is is what gets me is, you know, what are these hoofed footprints? And from the photographs that Lori's family took, the, those prints are quite spaced out. I mean, they're not these quick little steps. Yeah, I mean, if it was a bat, it'd be like right next to each other. Right. These small little prints, so. But experts uh, a little skeptical on those footprints because the, they were thinking that the camera angle that they were taking mm-hmm. them from couldn't quite give them the exact measurement measurement they they said if they had a a overhead picture you know then they would have a lot better way of measuring that so it's kind of up in the air i think with cryptids it's difficult because it's oftentimes just based on what people see and sometimes what people see isn't is either completely made up because people are looking for attention or people confuse what they see with other things yeah and speaking of attention you know, there's lots of people that claim that they have photos of this right. cryptid. And if you just do a quick Google search, you see all sorts of pictures of it. And most of them are blurry, just not quite defined. So just like with every other cryptid, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to say if that's in fact. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why people consider cryptozoology a pseudoscience. They're like, this yeah. is a, there is no basis in, you know, there's no scientific research being done on as much as people try to do scientific research on this there's no scientific proof you know based on the scientific method that proves that these creatures exist yeah and it's just purely based off of you know what people saw versus what you know and people claim to have killed it but it's like where's the evidence of that exactly but speaking of scientific uh up north in new york there's a government animal testing center but not far from there, there was this gal and her boyfriend. They walked out to the beach and they saw this animal they've never seen before, a carcass of it on the beach. Oh, yeah, I've seen that and before. I'll include a picture here, but it had like fangs and yeah. something they never It almost had looks seen like, before. A, like a cross between like a saber-toothed tiger or something yeah. and like something else. For sure. It's really weird, though. So that brings the question of, is that government's place testing, testing and genetic engineering these species that could, yeah. p- could possibly have flown south to New Jersey. Or, or there's potentially a facility deep in the Pine Barrens. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes back to there's this whole phenomenon of it's called the uh, missing 411 phenomenon where loads of people have gone missing in these these forests and national parks throughout the United States. And, and one of the theories is that either they're being taken by government agents that work in some top secret program that are doing human animal uh, hybrid testing and Mm -hmm. cloning and things like that or perhaps there's cryptids running around whether it's bigfoot or whatever else type of cryptid out there i really believe that they are doing some hybrid testing where they're taking animal dna human dna crossing them and creating hybrid creatures yeah 
And looking back on the Goat Man, you know, right. it had a history of that type yep, of stuff going exactly, on. So. Exactly. And again, like, you know, you could sit here and be like, oh, there's, you know, show me the proof for that. Well, there's not, I can't give you like definitive proof, but there's proof of top secret projects that eventually, you know, just like for a long time, UFOs was just all yeah. folklore. And now our government has literally confirmed that, yeah, there's these unidentified flying objects flying around. We right. don't have any idea what they are, how they work, or who's flying them. So it's like, ever since that that happened, I'm I'm like a full believer that there is more going on, mm-hmm. you know, under the surface with the government Absolutely. and top secret programs. Where why wouldn't they start trying to figure that out? Because what if you could create a hybrid human creature that would be great for war, right? <laughs> um, you know that you could unleash on on people. You yeah, know? and you kind of kind of reminds me of like Stranger Things, uh huh, and that whole thing. And Dude, the that'd fact be that wild. <laughs> that show could very much be based off of yeah real life in, in, in some ways so and that's a frustrating thing with the government is they are able to control what they release out to the public so many more people have cited ufos as opposed to cryptids so of course they're going to slowly start releasing that information out but right. i don't think they would want to tell the public there's some no you know cryptid out there threatening people's right, lives they've created this human animal hybrid that mm-hmm. that runs around because it's interesting that the jersey devil and all these sightings doesn't actually attack humans. Yeah. Right? right? Which makes you think that perhaps the Jersey Devil does have some sort of human intelligence uh-huh. or a higher intelligence where it knows that or it's it's either known or commanded or programmed, whatever it is, to not attack humans for some reason and to only go for animals or, you know, it's just that animal instinct. It's like that predatory animal instinct where it's like, humans aren't food they're uh-huh. curious about humans so that's why they sometimes you have close encounters with sharks or bears or mountain lions yeah you know you can run saying. across them in the forest mm-hmm. but they're not actively hunting you usually right, right? they usually just want to check you out they're kind of like looking seeing what you're doing and mm-hmm. i kind of feel like the jersey devil ex- exhibits that those types of animal traits and characteristics so it to me it's it seems very much like this is possibly some type of animal human hybrid perhaps they crossed a bat with human <laughs> dina you know this is a real life yeah batman or slash like jeepers devil. creepers type yeah exactly yeah it's like oh. a jeepers creepers stuff. that's scary honestly <laughs> that's so scary but nevertheless i mean I, i'm interested to hear if anybody out there lives in the pine barrens or has been to the pine barrens and if you've either seen the jersey devil yourself uh-huh. if you had an encounter or you've heard others talk about it because i mean yeah. you can go on youtube and there's tons of interviews with locals there that have you know seen it themselves have known people that have seen it and run across it so it's very interesting and it's interesting that it stays within this forest yeah and i know there's not as many sightings outside of that forest i mean the forest is the hot spot but i know it can go up as far north as like the outskirts of new york and you know but not to tennessee at one point too apparently so (laughs) or there's another one yeah and i mean that it's possible that this thing's either breeded and has created there's more than mm-hmm. one or perhaps it's a you know another possibility that i have if it's not made you know through genetic testing and experimentation perhaps this is some type of trans-dimensional creature you know something yeah. that you know the reason why we don't see these cryptids is because they're 
transdimensional. They're not fully, you know, they can go in between dimensions Mm -hmm. and the dimensions that we can see they are in. And then as soon as we come around, they, they disappear into another dimension that we can't see. Definitely impossibility. So it's, it's like, just like with stranger things, you know, they open a portal to another dimension (laughs) and these creatures, these creatures come through. And so is it possible that that sort of thing exists in the reality we all live in? It's a, interesting one to to ponder about for sure absolutely but i want to know what you think about the jersey devil do you believe that the jersey devil exists if you do why and if you don't believe in it if you think it's a total hoax which it very well could be i want to know why if you're watching on youtube you can leave us a comment if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify leave us a rating a review or you can hit us up on social media at lights out cast we're on twitter instagram tiktok now as well so if you're not following us there go check us out you can also follow us personally, Malhire Josh, Malhire Joel, We're on all the platforms as well. But that is where we'll wrap up today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this cryptid episode and let us know which cryptid we should cover next. But until next time, lights out, everybody. Everybody.